Hello, everybody, and a hugely warm welcome to Elite Business Live here on tour, live from the Excel. If you're tuning in uh, from home or from your office or even on catch up, a welcome to you. But just to show that we are back in 3D and in real life, can we have a huge welcome from our live audience here in Excel? Welcome, everybody. Thank you for being here. Yeah, I don't want to give you FOMO at all at home, but, um, but we are grateful for you being here. I'm Ollie Barrett, your host for this next 45 minutes. I'm a serial co-founder of campaigns including Startup Britain, Turn on the Subtitles, improves your kids' reading if you turn on those subtitles, and I'm a shareholder in a lot of businesses including Troubadour Film Studios and Calm.com, that meditation and mindfulness app that I'm sure you're all using already. Um, it's an absolute honor to be your host for this live broadcast today. Thank you for having us down here at Excel. Usually, um, we are in person. I'll tell you more about that in a second, but at a very specific venue. But this year, to mark our, uh, to mark our latest uh, sort of uh, chapter, we've been on tour for the year. So um, you'd normally catch us at a two-day event called Elite Business Live. You're all warmly invited to that. Um, but we've been going now for 10 years, so we've taken it on tour to some of the best events in Britain, including here at Technology for Marketing. So thank you very much uh, for being here. Um, we're also streaming live, as you know, our hashtag EBL2023. Now, making it on time to the arena, gosh, I'm on a high chair, aren't I? I feel yeah. like I'm having short back and sides. Don't worry, I'll give it a spin in a minute. Uh, please meet our brilliant panel to talk about the latest thing, um, something for the weekend. So next to me, nice to see you, Flavia, is you. Flavia Colombo, who is the, uh, the North EMEA lead at HubSpot. So thank you for being with us, Flavia. So I guess, Flavia, connecting marketing, sales, content management, and customer service. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Next Morning, to you, uh, based, I notice, in Hatton Garden, a diamond geezer, uh, has spent his career spanning brand design, product design. He is the founder and chief exec at Echo Brand Design, Nick Dorman. Thank you for being with us, Nick. Uh, next down, Jake Multi-Hatted, Jake Mason. Uh, not only is he the CMO at Score App, designing quizzes to drive lead generation, I want to hear all about that. You're also uh, the founder of a brilliant agency, um, which is Inca Loop, but you're also a director of the fashion rental platform for the creators. I'm intrigued, who are the creators in that phrase, Jake? The creators are mothers. Yes. The creators of life. Indeed, um, and it's and a it, brilliant rental and it's platform. A, it's a fashion rental service, that's absolutely right. right. So that's on your hat stand. Uh, next to Jake is Michelle Hastings. She's worked around the world, including in Europe, the Middle East, Australasia. She's now head of digital at Vodafone Business. Welcome, Michelle. Nice to see you. Um, and by no means least, Flavilla Fongang needs little introduction, voted uh, the most influential woman in tech last year. You are a serial and award-winning entrepreneur. You started the agency Three Colors Rule, and you're also the lead force driving the Black Women in Tech group for the Tech London Advocates. Please welcome our whole brilliant panel. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here. I I want to get as many questions in, but first of all, I want a snapshot, bring to life. What's in your tech toolkit? What is the latest and greatest you're using with your clients or internally? Um, Jake, um, I'm going to come to you second, but Flavia, why don't you get us started? Yeah, 
So, of course, you know, I don't want to, you know, to be repetitive, but AI is coming in our world. So we started, uh, we launched recently, six months ago, content, uh, content assistant, and we've seen already our customer creating more than one million articles using that. So this is saying, do you need a bit of help writing your content? AI yes. helping you? Yeah, exactly. All right. Any, any, any top lessons so far from how that's going? It's very important, the data that you access, and of course, the tools need to be connected together. Okay, well, yeah. I want to dig more into that. Okay, so AI, hands up if you're already using AI to help you write content, show of hands here in the studio. I mean, this is a lot of hands. I mean, you are, I know, pioneers in this space. Um, Jake, how are you, uh, what's in your toolkit at ScoreApp? Yeah, well, my, my main thing in my toolkit is ScoreApp itself, um, which is an absolutely incredible quiz builder, it's AI enabled, and ultimately what it enables businesses to do is create an assessment or a diagnostic which immediately enables them to create value for their customers and understand, so customers can understand very quickly what that business can do for them, ask questions, and then give personalized responses to increase engagement. Uh, it's a transformative piece of technology. Okay, so, so we're creating quizzes, but what's the punchline? What does it, what does it drive for us as a, as a company? Leads. What have you learned about Qualified what people leads. like and don't like about it? Well, ultimately, one of the big barriers we had was this is not a simple bit of technology. You've no. got to come up with a concept, you've got to write a landing page questions, and then the results that you give someone. And AI has come along and transformed that whole process. And enabling AI into that bit of technology has taken three hours down to six or seven minutes right. from so, a creation. So, so I, I want to dig a bit in a minute, but presumably back to Flavia's latest, you're helping us write the quizzes too. That's absolutely right. Right, okay, we'll dig more on that. Michelle, what's the late, you can either go out to your clients or give us a sneak peek inside Vodafone. Where are we going? Yeah, sure, we can do a little bit of both. So within Vodafone, uh, we're using platforms like Salesforce to help with our prospect management. Um, but we also see our customers using a whole range of things, everything from Shopify for e-commerce, Wix for website builders, the whole Google Suites to kind of power a lot of their marketing. Uh, it's a really diverse landscape. Yeah, and I, I'm picking on you a bit, but what is changing the most in terms of, you know, the same answer two years ago? How, what's at the edge of where it's really moving on? What, what, what do you notice? I think probably notice customers taking more and more technology, right? So it used to kind of be you would choose one and you'd stay with it for quite a long time. And something actually Jake and I were talking about earlier was we're now seeing that businesses are shifting and evolving and moving really, really rapidly. Uh, and I think it's definitely got um, it, its perks and its pros in terms of there is so much choice out there. You can see that here today. Um, but also what's really important is that you're getting the very best out of what you've got and that you're maintaining your data throughout that process. Yeah, so this is interesting to me, Flavilla, because you're very tech-savvy, but fundamentally a people-driven business. What's the latest in your toolkit? And I love that you start with saying that I'm a people-driven person, because before you get overwhelmed, and, and you see in the room, you mentioned it as well, there's a lot of choice. You can, you can use to... You can do so many things with all the tech available out there. But I would say before you even think about the technology or any marketing tools, you need to think about the people and the people that you want to serve. So I want to ask a question to the audience. How much do you understand how your audience comes to you? How much do you understand where they go next? How much are you able to predict what they want to achieve? And I would say to any business here present, 
you are a data company first. If you're able to understand your data, obviously with the advancements of technology, we're not going to talk about AI right now, you will, you will always be ahead. If you do not understand what your customer choose, you do not understand their behavior, if you cannot understand the customer, the customer journey before they even decide to send you a message, you are missing out on a lot of opportunities. Then obviously there's a lot of foundation, as you mentioned, you need to have a CRM, because it's impossible to remember the amount of conversion we have. You need to have the right personalization tools, you need to have the right creative tools. You know, nowadays, you know, your mar my marketers are able to do as Maybe not as great as my designers, but it should be able to not wait and also improve their performance. So when you think about technology, are you able to improve performance? Are you able to really understand your audience? Then you choose the right tool to really do that really so, well. So you're cutting out guesswork. Yeah. You know, you have to join these dots. Right. Okay, Nick. I'm very intrigued. You know, you you all sort of have international careers. You've literally just come back from the US. What is catching your imagination? What's what's new? Well, I'm really interested in the interface between the physical and the digital. Um, and one of the technologies I think is very interesting at the moment is called NaviLens. Um, and Kellogg's are using that to um, uh, help people with um, sight problems uh, shop. So it will recognize a pack and it will send a, an audio uh, uh, signal back to the, to the user. So that interface between that physical, seeing something and turning it into audio, I think it can be used in many different ways, including inclusivity. Oh, I'm going to read about that. Navi Lens. Okay. And I get a little confused at who supports these brands on these journeys. Where do they get that sort of tech from? Because in the old days, it might have been their ad agency. I'm just trying to get my head into it. Well, I think that is just someone's come up with a piece of tech, but then it's requiring... A, a design company like ourselves or someone to, to use that technology and interface. So it's how we're using QR codes, how we're using different sort of um, interfaces now. We used to design packs, you know, um, we still do, but now those packs have got digital interfaces, so we have to design the digital side of that but story it, as well. I guess it's, it's, just, whole, it's just interesting journey. to us that you've gone into a very inclusive piece of tech for people with certain needs, and I wonder to what extent you're seeing that play out more broadly in your clients, or whether Kellogg's is the outlier there? No, no, we've just been doing work with Unilever on inclusive, uh, inclusivity design. Yep. Um, when you think about it, our population is aging, um, and then we all have issues with sight and dexterity. Um, it's not always extreme uh, issues there, but actually if you can make things, well, I'll give you an example. When you go to a hotel and you've got two, if you wear glasses and you're trying to have a shower, do you know which one's the shampoo and the conditioner? Probably not. No, I know I'll get it wrong. <laughs> You'll get it wrong. Yeah. So, you know, that's a bad piece of inclusive design. Yeah. So <laughs> you, can th you can do lots of things which All make right. things inclusive. All right, well, well, before we work ourselves up into a lava, um, I wonder if we can Very talk good. about AI, because I am evolving what I think every single day. Flavilla, yes. give, give, give us your sort of pithiest, latest mm. take on, 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 on how it's playing out, yeah. but, but also where it might just sort of you know, distract us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited by AI, but also there's a lot of concern that people should be aware of. So AI, I think there's a lot of fear about what AI is capable of doing, losing your job or something else. But really what you want to think about, AI will not replace you, will replace the person that you're using AI. So the first thing you do when, you know, ChatGPT came out, people got excited, everybody was using it, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to use my job. And I said no to my team and say, I want you to figure out what are the tools there that will allow you to do your work better. And each of them, when they explore, how they can be improve their performance. So this is what's important. Also, you don't necessarily need a lot of AI because the tools such as whether if you're a graphic designer, Adobe, whether you are 
you know, using PubSpot, such as I have, they, these companies will integrate that in what you're already using. So I would say it's important to know how you can supercharge your existing tools, how you can really power the integration. Then again, coming back to that, you need to really understand the full customer journey with all these tools working. Because right. tomorrow you want to utilize AI to be your next customer service, have you built the necessary information, have you built the necessary data to be able to answer those questions, yeah. right? I, I guess where I'm struggling though, Flivola, is you use that word explore, yeah. quite quickly leads to this thought around experimentation. You work with some very serious financial services organizations, you can't be taking too many risks with new technology 100%. if you've got the regulator breathing down your neck. Yeah, you're right. You have to also, with AI sits a number of compliances, and I think that's where the danger sits. What is right, what is not right, what is whatever risk for it. So when you, do this, when you do this exercise, make sure that you have around you people who have an expertise. You might think, okay, my gosh, tomorrow do not explore something that you're not familiar with by yourself. Go to an expert who can provide guidance and support, especially within the finance sector. Yeah, I think that's super key. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, so Jake, you have been implementing uh, AI with Scorer. Um, be brutal, what have you learned? When has the relationship been at its best? Yeah, I think um, I think there's a huge problem with AI in general, and I think it's being misused uh, to an extent by many businesses that are, that are utilizing it and have started to use it because they're using it to help automate tasks that were already being done. So they might have leveled up their content game by using ChatGPT to create content much faster and do the relevant keyword research in order to understand what to write. But what they're not doing, and some businesses, but what many businesses aren't doing and haven't yet clocked, is that it enables you to do so much more. In the 2020s, the two dominant marketing factors, from my perspective, are engagement and personalization. If you can deliver engagement and personalization at scale, imagine a Zoom call with your client what you can do on that Zoom call is incredible. You can diagnose their issues. You can talk to them about what really matters to them. We need to be able to use AI to do that. And some businesses are integrating AI in a way that enables you to do that. Obviously, plug for ScoreApp. But um, well, well let, let's put you on the spot then. Um, personalization, give us an example of how you use that in a way that you know has been good for business. Yeah, OK. I'll use ScoreApp again as an example here. But um, we worked with. Uh, Jay Shetty. Um, Jay Shetty, relatively famous author, influencer. Um, he wrote the book Think Like a Monk. Um, we enabled him to create a quiz and a diagnostic that meant that his prospective customers could diagnose their issues and figure out where they sat on his methodological scale. So it enabled him to put his book into a quiz where you could score yourself against the advice he was giving. And that, again, that's transformational because you can then benchmark yourself and then get recommendations as to how to improve on that benchmark. Yeah, I like it. Jay Shetty, also available on calm.com. Very helpful, thank you. Um, well, Flavio, the challenge is you, you've already been implementing um, some of these latest products. So I guess what we're keen to know at Technology for Marketing, an elite business always wants to know, what have you learned so far? 
Uh, it's a good question. I think that, you know, artificial intelligence has been around for years, but now we're seeing a massive impact in terms of change of technology. And the way that we see it in HubSpot is how it's changing even the customer journey. So if you think about the four-step discovery, consideration, buy, and use, is completely changing. Till last year, it was search. Now they leverage social to find, okay, what's the best technology? When they go in a website, they don't click anymore. They want really to interact. They want to have information. When you buy, it's not even any more personalized. It's personal. I want you to treat me as a person. And when I use the product, I want you as a company to be proactive, not reactive anymore. So that's how we thought in HubSpot to really build AI in each of the steps to help any company, any small and medium company, to do things more efficiently, reducing their costs, reducing their time. If you think about it, just give you an example, you can use artificial intelligence for building your content, building a campaign in two minutes. Now you can even build your website in two minutes. Think that it was taking you days before. So, so. Sort of intense personalization, but yeah. really pushing recommendations to that next level. I, I suppose what, what gets confusing, Michelle, is how many providers there are. So I'm trying to get my head into how we see how we navigate through the fog. Yeah, sure. It's a really good question. And you know, within Vodafone we offer uh, VHub, which is a free um, resource center and advisory service for businesses. And one of the top questions that we see through that is businesses who are trying to use technology to do one of two things. They either want it to save them money, yeah, or they want it to improve their digital presence. And I think when you then kind of take each of those and really peel them back, there's so much that you can think about within each of those. And I think before you even get to the technology, actually thinking, what's the business problem that I'm trying to solve? Or what's the business opportunity that I've got that I want to exploit? Yeah, what would richer data, more data, more opportunity to engage with and personalize um, my, my conversations with customers give me. Is that what I need? So just, just to understand, because this is kind of like an evolving role for your organization, right? Are you giving advice? Are you telling us who to, recommendation of who we should work with? A, a little bit of both, right? So very much on the advisory side of things, because what we noticed um, a couple of years ago as the pandemic hit, um, was that many businesses just had to suddenly become digital overnight, mm. right? Their traditional ways of selling weren't available anymore. Right, as we close down. And actually, as we've come back out of COVID, a number of businesses have chosen to remain more digital. Right? That's, that's how they want to do business and how they like to do business. But in order to, to do that, they need expertise and guidance and support that they don't necessarily have. Yeah. So, so I guess the million dollar question, Nick, this could be pretty bad news, AI, for designers. You're all going to be out of a job, aren't you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I, I, it, is, it is interesting when you think about creativity because um, uh, a lot of people would say that AI can come in and take the creative uh, element away. But the, the thing is that the creative element is actually in the thinking up front. It's not in the doing. Um, and AI does the doing for you. So there's, in any creative thing, it's you're, the work is only as good as the brief. So if you put a good brief together to AI to work out what that ad campaign is going to be, what that that message is going to be, you'll get some good content out of it. But if you put a bad brief in there, you'll get rubbish out. So creating the brief is what the designer has to do in the first place. 
Well, let's just challenge that a little bit because you're portraying our AI servants as, you know, lacking creativity. All creativity is is just joining dots and AI is potentially better at that than any human could or will ever be. It'll be lapping us within well, seconds. I think the problem here is, is it, well, if you're thinking about branding, what are you trying to do? You're trying to create differentiation. Um, you're trying not to be like everybody else. And I think there is a danger when you're using massive amounts of data to find the average or something that fits, it will probably be like everybody else. And what human beings are really good at is segueing left and doing something very different from everybody else. And I think that's, that's the thing where you'll see change. Um, my analogy here is the two recent films um, with Barbie and, um, uh, and, 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 and something like Mission Impossible. I think that Barbie could not be generated by AI. It was a unique first point as, as a human observation. Do you mean as a movie or as, as a, a movie, character? As yeah. a movie, right. as a human observation of, of, of a genre, if you like. Whereas um, uh, Mission Impossible is on how many or six or seven by now. You're not um, suggesting a theme it's, going. You're not suggesting it's derivative, are you? Uh, no, just touch. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so we're, we're back to humans for originality, right? I wonder if this is stirring up questions in our audience. I won't force you to say who you are, but you might have an observation, a, a question for our panel, because I want us to get even more honest in our next chapter as we talk about mistakes. But let me, let me scan for initial questions, thoughts, something. I see a hand, I see you there. We might race you, and I'm looking around our student. Why don't we just come in this middle section here and then we'll go just to that back row there. Please feel free to say who you are, you don't have to. <laughs> Hello, uh, my name's Khadija. I'm a small business owner. Um, I do use Vodafone for my broadband, but I've never heard about the old services that you were just mentioning now. So I'd like to hear more about it and how are you basically promoting it to small business owners? Sure. So. Um, VHub is, a, is a, both a platform within our website overall, but then also supported by a team of advisors who can provide businesses like yourself uh, with advice around um, how to potentially grow your business, about which types of um, tools and marketing uh, you could benefit from. Um, so it's all there free on vodafone.co.uk. Well, hang on a second, not saying this is true. Do I have to be a Vodafone customer? No, nope, you don't have to be a Vodafone customer. It's available for all businesses. Um, so go online, have a look and explore. Uh, and if you want to know a bit more, I've got some of the team here with me today. Right. Come and grab me at the end. Right. Uh, I'm more than happy to answer any questions. All right, that's kind. All right. Um, how about over here? I see they're just in the glasses and a blue shirt right on that back row. Here we are. I'm insisting, aren't I? There you go. Put your hand nice and high, sir. There you go. Thank you. Hi, um, my name is Rachin Dalal. Uh, I also own my own small business. Uh, just wanted to speak a little bit about uh, what Nick mentioned about um, the creatives is coming from the thinking and not the doing. So just from your perspective, what do you think is the future of AI combining it in the creative industry, in the marketing industry? Like, where do you see that headed? Like, I understood what you were trying to speak about, mm. but then where do you feel is the future roadmap for that? Right, future sure. of create, uh, AI in the creative industries. Light at the end of the tunnel for the writers' strikes this week, Nick. <laughs> well, I think the the thing is here that is that we're designing much more complex interfaces with people that are real time across many, many different touch points. So if you're creating a brand, it used to be you created an ad, 
and if it was a consumer goods, a piece of packaging. And that was it. Now there is a multitude of different um, touch points. So you need AI to transit. So you create the brand, the, the essence, the idea, the values, and then you want to be able to communicate that on a continuous basis. You can't, you can't do that as human beings, it's too much. Whereas AI can come in there and help distribute and change and, and keep it in control, but also add the richness, add the, add the storytelling that you need with branding on, on these different multiple platforms. I mean, can I just add yeah, to that? Yeah, I was going to ask you actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, think, I think people have um, probably a misconception and people think that they can use AI and become a graphic designer or become a doctor or become a lawyer. There's still some foundation that you need to have and understand tomorrow I could not do your job because I do not understand the foundation. But at least as as me or Nick using, using the technology, we can question it and know that if it's going in the right direction or not. And this is where, as explained, it's about the difference between AI and, and us is obviously we are we make mistakes, and AI makes mistakes as well, but obviously we are driven by emotion. AI right now does not have the power to understand emotion or understand the full experience of how you create and recognize body language and everything else that we can do as humans. You can and use that's, it as, that's evolving, isn't it? That's evolving. Because what AI can do is recognize facial expressions much yeah. more than ever. So I'll tell you something intriguing. Piers has got, Piers Linney over here, he's got a Piers bot. Has anyone got their own bot, by the way? Yeah, no, I hope, I hope so. Yes, a few others. Because, okay. Flavilla, you work with some very influential people. Yeah. Should we be using AI to supercharge us? Ne never mind our companies. So, you know, it's so funny because I always say I wish I had an AI to replace me sometimes. I did say that, but sometimes it's, it's, it's my own words scare me. Because I think, you know, you, it can be overwhelming. This, oh, again, when you think about all these technologies and how are we able to control, because AI is a buzzword right now, but no, nobody's talking about cybersecurity or data, the risk of data exposure, anything else, and this is a higher risk. So if you start playing with those tools, understand the consequences and be able to deal with it. Right, so we'll take more questions uh, shortly, but Flavia, mistakes, companies, possibly guests here, you've seen making, maybe you've made a few yourself, when they implement marketing technology. Be as blunt yeah. as you like. Yeah, so the first one, I think you need to have a very clear mind, what are you trying to achieve? You know, because whatever technology you go for, be clear on the goals and how you're going to measure the KPI that you want to achieve. I think it's important you involve your team that uh, otherwise could create a non-adoption of the technology. The learning curve is very important, in particular with this new technology, AI, you need to be sure that there is a training in place and people there learning how to best use this technology. Um, don't undervaluate security and compliance. We talk a lot about this, so it's definitely a key aspect that we see even our customer more and more, you know, legal is constantly involved now in any new sales. They want to understand more about AI. So that's definitely a few of the things yeah. that I've no, seen. No, really from. helpful. But, but interestingly, starting off with knowing what you want to achieve. achieve, I am coming back to that thought about playfulness, experimentation. Is that, is that just going to waste yeah. all of our time? No, I think that, you know, as I mentioned, for example, I'll give you an example. One of our customers, which is uh, uh, better, uh, better Help, which is a mortgage uh, broker online, 
they wanted to increase the way that they were connecting to people. So they kind of identified these are our 15 persona, our 15 type of customer, and we helped them to build an automated customer journey for each of these 15. So we were able to see an increase of 54% in terms of lead conversion to sales. And uh, they increased even uh, of 60% the type of com minimum com conversation that they were having with prospect and customer. So I think that's, you know, that's a key, you know, you need that to be helpful. sure yeah. testing, reassess, yeah. that's another big piece. Very helpful example, thank you. Jake, mistakes you see being made, big ones to avoid. I see a lot of companies making the mistake of trying to make technology human um, and badging it as human. And personally, it drives me wild. Like what? Um, what are you talking about? Chatbots in particular is my, is my big bugbear. I know we spoke about this before. Um, but uh, What's wrong with chatbots? They're brilliant, aren't nothing they? Nothing wrong with chatbots. However, when companies try and pretend that they are human and pretend that they are talking to you uh, with human sentiment, um, I don't think it's delivered particularly well. Say that it's a robot. All right, so pause. Here's a moral maze, everybody. Hands up if you think that a chatbot by law should be forced to say that it is a chatbot. Hands up. Hands up. Actually, actually well, that's almost, well, it's pretty much split. And hands up if you say, no, it shouldn't be forced. Um, that, that would be bad. Hands up. Okay, the massive majority think it should be forced, so you would put it into the law probably, Jake. <laughs> I will. I'll be an advocate for that, yeah. But on a practical note, if you're, I mean, does that get you off the hook? Because even if it's said, oh, by the way, I'm a chatbot, that doesn't excuse it being, you know, a bad communicator. No, it doesn't. But I think businesses can solve this really easily. Particularly large businesses have, this, have a massive problem that small businesses don't. You can hook up automated technology like chatbots to your knowledge base, to all of your documents, and you can surface those documents quickly and effectively if you connect them up to the chatbot. Large companies are terrified of doing this because they've got so many documents and so much stuff in them and you've got to keep updating them. And it's a real, real, real big challenge. As small businesses, as many of you guys will be, will be small business owners, if you can compile your knowledge base, compile your FAQ section, compile all the information that you have, hook it up to a chatbot, tell everyone that it's a chatbot, it's a robot, but it can be so much more useful and faster than a human at surfacing the information right, that people need. All right, there you go, Michelle. We just need to break down these walls, live a little. Uh, so I think one of the things we see is, is kind of twofold, really. We often see uh, companies who have, have grown organically, and they might have started with a load of um, free or freemium services, and then over time they've taken more and more and more, and actually getting to the point where they've just got too much technology to manage and saying, out of all of that technology that you've got, what is it that you're really using? What's really, really important? And can you consolidate around it? Right? Because with that kind of quite fragmented ecosystem, it often means that you end up with data in lots of different places, multiple reports, um, and it can then become really, really difficult to manage your business. So try and simplify. If you've grown through lots of freemium, um, think about investing in a particular type of technology that can help you to then grow and scale and really thrive. So deciding what to stop doing as much as what to keep doing, okay. A absolutely, and I think just on that point, you know, we, we see a lot of businesses and they're only using about 25, maybe 30% of the capability that they've actually purchased, right? So they're investing an awful lot, but they're not really using it. Now, what I'm not saying is use it just because you've got it, right? That's, that's probably gonna make you even less productive. 
So definitely yeah. don't go there. Well, it sort of goes just back be to, smart it goes about back to Flavia's point, you know, about education and helping people. You know, they're playing chopsticks on a Steinway, wasting, wasting all their money, right? Uh, Flavilla, mistakes. You're normally very polite, but be blunt. <laughs> I think when I think about... When I think about mistakes, I've made plenty, and, I, and I'm not ashamed to say it, but I think the first thing is anybody in the room, when you think about technology, are you using technology to help you, or you are help using technology to make the life of your customer's prospect easier? Because remember that we're all looking for convenience. As part of the technology that you probably implementing, does it help you or does it help the life of your customer? And this is probably where you're going to improve your value proposition. Let me give you an example. So let's say if, if there's any travel company here and somebody's trying to buy a ticket to go to Mauritius, right? Part of that journey, if you understand your customer journey, you probably say, hey, wait a minute, let me integrate ins embedded insurance as part of the, of the value proposition. So I'm using technology not just to make the life of my customer easier, but I'm also adding up another stream of revenue. So think about that first when you think about technology. Does, I just, do I, does it just fill my lazy brain, because we all have that, or does it help make the life and also increase your value position and go for that convenience? Because that's what technology is about. We're all looking to be able to say, hey, I've dropped my phone. Okay, my phone knows it. It's going to send me my insurance. My phone is coming to me. If at some point, maybe we'll be able to do that. Who knows? Everything is possible. Is it what your, your company is able to do? Yeah. This is where technology will really make you stand out compared to just using copy AI or using whatever else over tools. It's a very good question to ask. So, Nick, you've worked with some fascinating brands, from, including Lego, by the way. I'm absolutely fascinated by your digital work with them. What mistakes do you see either agencies or the brands themselves making? Um, well, I think that one of the things that I, I think is important here is transparency. Um, if you're developing a brand, you're trying to tell people a story about your authenticity, your journeys, and so on. And then if you're gathering information about your uh, customers and your consumers, and you're not telling them that you've got that information, they feel like they're being tricked. But they suddenly go, oh, how do you know that about me? How do you know this? And, and then people retract back. And I think. If we're looking at actually creating, which I think is moving from, from products to services, and you've got a two-way exchange, transparency is absolutely critical. You need, and I think it relates to the humanity things. Like, it, this, is a, this is a robot. This isn't a robot. This is a human being. Well, this is the information we have about you, and this is how we're using and, and it. And how confident are you that the large language models we're seeing emerge are being transparent about I that? don't think they are. It's not necessarily deliberate. I think it's probably more... It's just difficult to do, but I think increasingly people are going to want to know who owns what about what. what uh, Wait till who. you see how the authors of the world are about to kick off in a massive way, knowing that the great blue whale of chat GPT has inhaled their life's work. Be very yeah. interesting to see. Other, other questions, observations, something that's not been said that you, you, you can't quite believe has not been addressed yet. You might have a, a specific question to one of our panel. Out. Looking around, we're good. Because I'm back. Yes, okay, thank you very much. Are we going over? Where do I see there? I've just got the light. Right, mate, put your hand nice and high for me. And now. Oh, forgive me, right on the end. Sorry, right in the front row. Thank you. Getting our steps in for the team here. 
Hello, um, my name is Ellie. I'm, I head up marketing for an IT company, but I also have a background in design. Um, we were just talking about mistakes that you see in other companies, um, but as a collective, is there anything in your careers and when founding your companies that you would do differently or you maybe possibly regret? I don't know if I'm allowed to ask this, but I'm very interested to know because I think we can learn a lot from mistakes in our careers that we make. So I was just interested. Right, good. Confession time. Who would like to have a crack at that? Good question, Ellie. Oh, yes, Jake. I've, I've, got, a, I've got a confession. Yeah, uh, that's a fantastic question, actually. Um, I founded an agency uh, six years ago, um, and I made the crucial mistake of trying to grow it purely by my network and actually didn't automate any of the lead generation whatsoever, which is ironic seeing as I'm talking about that exact thing today. Um, but I didn't do any of the automation of the lead generation. And what ended up happening is we had to, we had to win the business that came to us from referrals. And that was actually a real issue because we couldn't, we couldn't go the direction that we wanted to and win the clients that we wanted to because we had to win what we were being given. Um, and if I was to do it all again, I absolutely would automate lead generation far, far more. I'd be far more present with the marketing and use the tools that were available to me to actually ramp up the marketing for that agency. Mm. Uh, just, just on that, we'll come to Flavilla, but I just wonder, Jake, how you relate to Michelle's observation that companies simply aren't using the tech that they bought. Oh, 100%. This is exactly what we were talking about. Literally, we were standing outside and, and discussing this exact thing. It's a huge problem. It's a, it's a really big problem. And part of it is how do you select the right technology when you are a small business owner and you're wearing so many hats, it's really difficult when you can't get a chief marketing officer and you can't get a chief technology officer to come and help you navigate this really complex world. Yeah. Um, it is a massive challenge. And I love that the fact that, that Vodafone is stepping up and creating information and knowledge to help make this yep, easier. No, I agree, it's good. Flavilla, yeah. are we going to get a mistake? God, I've done so many mistakes. You probably need an entire hour to tell you everything. But I would say that I think the biggest mistake that we make when we start is that we don't ask for help. And I would say that probably, you know, I don't want to be gen, you know, gender focused, but I think asking for help is the first thing. You don't know what you don't know. And part of that is coming to these events and having conversation and speaking to experts. This is really high, strong value, having mentors and having a support network we can really share. And I think this is something that really makes a difference as well. But I would say that as I'm in the business of branding, and I would say that the, the, the thing that I see quite often as a business is that they don't pick who they want to work with. You know, and at some point you resent, you hate this client and you want to fire them, you charge more, they still want to work with you. Be very clear in terms of who you want to work with and be yep. niche down. This is how you make your just success. Make, make and that's super decisions. clear. And I think on top of that, just to finalize it off, and I think that it's important to stay open-minded. The power of building a brand is to allow you to step out. Your brand is not just a website, a beautiful logo, it's the experience that you create. Yeah. What does it look like to work for your company? Right, and I know that's right at the core of what you're doing at Three Colors Rule. Um, we've only got about six minutes left, so um, I will look out for more, more questions, but I think if I was coming, and Elite Business Live always asks, what's coming, what's the future? Give us a glimpse of where technology for marketing is going. Could be a prediction, we might hold you to it. I, I, I will take a, if we've got time, a final question. But just give us a glimpse, Nick, where are we going? Um, I think it's, it's about the one-to-one. -one. It's, it's, it's personal relationships with your customers. It's just gonna get bigger and bigger because that's where the value is. People will pay more for things which are for them 
on their own. So that, that will just grow and grow and grow. And well, technology will allow that to Mustafa happen. Mustafa Suleiman at Inflection would say one-to-one -one means you and your personal AI. Is he talking a load of nonsense? Well, I think when I'm saying I, it's AI-enabled, but if, you know, if I want to speak, to, if I've got a million customers, how do I speak to each one as an individual? Uh, AI is going to help me do that. Right, got it. A glimpse of the future, Michelle. Probably just really building on what Nick said. I think the more that we can use AI to enable what we do and make us more productive means that we create more time for those human interactions that are going to become increasingly important. And, and you don't just mean in the workplace, presumably. 100%, yeah, both within the workplace and also with customers, partners, shareholders. Yeah, makes good sense. Uh, Flavia. If art AI, you know, as uh, I agree with everything that, you know, Nick and Michelle said, it's about the connection. But I would think there is well other technology out there. If you think about VR, AR, if you think about video marketing, this is coming more and more. So potentially we will see that personalized experience really built with the virtual reality, how you're going to experience the product, how you're going to feel to drive a car. Okay, VR, everybody. Is it overhyped? Is it underhyped? Who thinks VR virtual reality is overhyped? Overhyped? Quite a few hands, quite a few hands, okay. Who thinks VR, frankly, is underhyped? Need to get, okay, it's pretty even actually, but more more say overhyped. Yeah. HubSpot going to be using VR? No, it's not in the plan. Oh, okay, well, 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 you never know after today. <laughs> All right, so a glimpse of the future, Flavilla, what do you see? I think for me, the glimpse of the future really looks uh, more towards Web3. And I think that where you think how platform or technology is being built right now, it doesn't really integrate the, it doesn't co-create with the actual consumer. Companies that um, have an ear more open to what their customers want, always innovate or listen to the employees, to the stakeholders, always innovate better than the others. So part of that is not just taking on and passing on what you get from your customers, but how can they also win from being part of that co-creation? Hence why Web3, we talk about AI, it's you know, the buzzword, but I think it's that if any, if any individuals in this room listen to my words, if you're able to co-create your consumer where you both win, that's a, that's a, that's a great. And okay, it because in, integrating sustainability in that aspect of it, in, in any form of way. Sustainability is not necessarily ERG. Sustainability is, we're talking about a much more equal economy. This is fantastic. And mm. I would say as well, as another element, not necessarily te marketing technology, but the, 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 the definition of ownership will change. Everybody at home own, owns a car. In a couple of years, probably nobody will own a car. Yeah, interesting. We'd all be sharing. Uh, for the creators would approve of this. I mean, Nick, it's weird, isn't it? Because two years ago, we would have definitely have mentioned the metaverse. Yeah. We haven't. <laughs> Why haven't we? Um, I don't know. I think, it's, I think people still love the physical world, don't they? People like to touch things and hold things and hear things and all that. So mm, I, I think yeah, that's one theory. Okay. Yeah. Um, what, are we, what are we looking forward to? What do we see? In the future of, yeah. of, of technology, I, well, I, I think I was saying just it's it's about personalization. It's about yeah, it's got to be. About, yeah. And also, I think it's about using your data um, to the best advantage across every so, different aspect. So I, I'm not asking you to spill the beans on Lego, but say a well-known brand was saying, "Hang on a sec, we were creating virtual worlds a minute ago. Has the script changed?" Yeah. Um, it wasn't Lego, it was Smarties, but ne never mind. Oh, no, forgive but, me, not Smarties. But I think what, what's interesting there is, is design, it's the, meta, it's the physical digital world. 
It's the, it, I think the, that whole interface between dealing with something that's physical like this and then that merging straight into a digital space, so, I think so it's really for, exciting. Forgive me, only... So toys, so Smarties, we're designing toys, but we're designing physical toys that then turn into digital toys yes. so that, that you get this flow of an interface between the two. And that's very exciting because it, it allows you then to, to work in both spaces, but also over time and have longer relationships with yeah. your, your, your customers, your consumers. Love it. Makes mental note not to wolf down a tube of Lego. Thank you very much, Nick, for that clarification. Jake, what do you see? You've got literally thousands of companies using Score App. Yeah, so I, I feel to move away from Score App, AI's been covered a lot here. Um, virtual reality, absolutely great example from Lego and the fact that you can use their... Smarties. Say again? Oh, you, you go back to you, Lego. You, to, to, if you go back to Lego, you can, you can hover your phone over your Lego bricks and it will tell you what you can build. Yeah. Uh, fantastic use case. But I wanted to just focus on voice for a second because a lot of the people in this room won't use voice search a lot. But the older generation and the younger generation use it prolifically. Yeah. And we, we have to ensure that we understand how to integrate this. Um, there is huge opportunities for brand. Johnny Walker is a great example. Johnny Walker um, built an app with Amazon Alexa where you can do a virtual, you can do a, a voice um, whiskey tasting. Uh, a, a fantastic example of how to be creative with a space that is growing rapidly. Right, now we must keep on walking on this panel because we've got 30 seconds. Michelle, do you want to give us a glimpse of the future? Uh, look, we've mentioned Metaverse, and you know, I think it's, it could be a very interesting space. We've started taking some of our customers into the Metaverse already, um, and, and I think that uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Amazing. Well, on that thought, to infinity and beyond, um, I'm going to say two things. First of all, would you join me in saying a huge thank you to our five brilliant uh, panellists here. Thank you very much thank indeed. And then the, the second thing to say is this is a sort of stay tuned in the sense that this is the final program for this year of Elite Business Live on tour. Um, and I want to say a massive thank you to all of our guests, all of our audience members, but specifically the brilliant events we've partnered with around the UK. We are delighted to say that we're going to be back in person. You're invited uh, to Elite Business Live on the 13th and 14th of March. Much more information about that. That's going to be at the Leonardo Royal, right by St. Paul's, I think. So we'll be live and in person there. Uh, of course, between then, lots of content on Elite Business Live and, of course, through the hashtag EBL 2023. I'll be on stage with my co-host Hannah Previtt for that and I'm very much looking forward to it. So you've got lots of breakout sessions throughout the year on Elite Business Live. But uh, this session will be on demand very shortly. Um, I wish you huge success at Technology for Marketing and I'll ask you to uh, join me in saying a final thank you to our brilliant five guests today. Thank you very much. received a loan for £12,500 and with that money I just transformed the whole website into a membership platform and alongside that I launched the mobile app as well and then I did a promotional video shoot and photo shoot as well just to help with the marketing and the relaunch of the business. So I couldn't thank Startup Loans enough basically for helping me create 
my business and making my dream a reality. For aspiring business owners out there, I'd just say to go for it. The hardest climb is not Kilimanjaro. It's the journey of true leadership. It's fraught with challenges and opportunities. But what if you didn't have to go it alone? If you could climb with others you trust and respect, traveling a proven path forged by world-class leaders. When you're ready for the climb of a lifetime, the path starts here. These days, flexibility matters more than ever. Especially for SME business owners, like me. That's why I chose Vodafone Pulse Connect, combining mobile, broadband and cloud calling into one bill. Letting me add and remove users so I only pay for what I need. One simple package, saving me time and money. New Vodafone Pulse Connect, your flexible business solution.